Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. I'm Stephen Willis, and this extra edition of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, I'm here with Derek Vandegrift, one of the hosts of Digs in the Dugout on the SEC After Dark channel, and plus they have a podcasting channel as well. Him and Chad Flowers and Anthony Hitchcock do a fantastic job Every week they talk about gambling. They talk about baseball. I mean, honestly, some of the best baseball interviews that are out there that you can get, you find on that show. How you doing, Derek? Man, man, doing pretty good. Yeah, we uh trying to kind of get in that market a little bit, getting some baseball players and stuff. Uh, the Tracy Hughes interview was a lot of fun, obviously. And then he goes, okay, baby, thank you. I'll be with you shortly, okay? All right, so um, – but, but, yeah, the Tracy Hughes interview was the latest one we did, which was a lot of fun. Got out to fall ball this past weekend. And, uh, you know, he ended up hitting a bomb. I know, buddy. Got my kids here with me today, so y'all can bear with me through that. They're super interested in what's going on here. So, uh, But, yeah, yeah, we have a lot of fun, though, on the baseball side. And uh, I think me and Hitch are actually going to be recording later this week talking about fall ball a little bit since we went and saw that. And, uh, you know, hope, hopefully we got another extra interview coming on top of our gambling podcast that we do every week too. So hopefully get a lot of content out to you guys here this week. Yeah, you guys are just absolutely killing it at the moment. But what are you, what are your thoughts on this 5-1 and one start from Ole Miss? What are the things that stand out? Yeah, uh, you know, we, we kind of talked a little bit in the preseason, right, about if the uh, defense kind of stepped up and could be, a, you know, consistently a top 50 type defense, that this could be a pretty good team. And, uh, you know, out, outside of the LSU game, uh, they, they've stepped up and they've played pretty well in the other five games, quite frankly. Um, you know, and, and ironically enough, the defense is what ended up winning that game for us at the end, getting that big stop there with LSU driving to try to win the game. So, uh, you know, Really impressed with the defense. There's obviously some flaws, stuff we got to work on. And, uh, you know, but offense has been incredible. Jackson Dart's been everything. I know me and you've talked, you know, ad nauseum leading into this year of, of what we expect about Jackson Dart. He hadn't disappointed one bit. He's one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. And, uh, and quite frankly, he's played, played like one of the better ones in the country, too. So, Obviously ecstatic about it. You know, you, you keep thinking back to that game in Tuscaloosa and the one that got away right in the position you would be in right now if you could have put anything together offensively because the defense did everything they could to help us win that game. But you can't go back and look at those things. We're 5-1 and one, uh, coming out of the bye week now with, with some big games coming up uh, starting this weekend at Auburn. You know, what do you think about that game? I, I have a situation that I go into this game thinking, I think Art Robbie Ashford's going to start the game probably. I think they're going to play yeah. at a very slow tempo. Uh, what what are you expecting in this game? You know, it's kind of funny you say that about Ashford. I was driving home today kind of thinking about the Ole Miss-Auburn game and, and just how things have gone offensively for them this year. And Ashford's the guy that gives them a little bit of a spark. Yeah, he he might be the one that, uh, you know, makes more mistakes, but he's he he has the higher ceiling. And I could see Hugh Freeze getting something together for this week to get him in there and, and really let him take over a little bit to try to spark this offense a little bit for him, see if they can get something going. Uh, but this game scares the death, uh, scares me to death because anytime we play at Auburn, uh, 
I saw a thing the other day. I didn't even realize it's been 71 years since we beat them in back-to-back years. Um, so it's 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 never a game that we've been able to really get up for in Auburn. It's uh it's always been a tough one for us playing there. But we're the better team, and hopefully we can uh you know pull one out on the hills. Yeah, normally when Ole Miss plays Auburn, Auburn is the better team. That That's the reason yeah. it's so one-sided in history looks like this is because the better football team is winning and Ole Miss is pulling off upsets. This yeah. is a situation yeah. where Auburn is going to have to pull off the upset. Yeah, 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 kind of flipping scripts here a little bit. The roles are reversed. And, uh, but, you know, hope, again, hopefully the – the Jordan Watkins thing is so wild, right? From what was being reported last weekend and now people talking about him playing this weekend too, right? You know, uh, I, I, I kind of already had it set in my mind that he wouldn't be playing this week. And now you get contradicting reports and stuff like that. And, you know, no, it's just he, he's the, not playing this week. I, I know that's what I kept thinking too, but <laughs> just Lane Kiffin, the way he does stuff, <laughs> I think I was telling my dad yesterday because he had brought it up to me and, He's like, you know, he's, he's saying that, that Jordan Watkins is probably going to end up playing. I said, yeah, and Quinshawn Judkins wasn't playing three weeks ago, and neither was Prescorn and Trey Harris and all of them against LSU. You know, it's it's the way they do injuries is so wild to me. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, but obviously a, a, a huge challenge. If you have Trey Harris out there, he's the one that seems to make this offense go. Uh, we've seen it week in and week out when he's on the field and when he's not. It looks like the different offense out there. So. Hopefully we can uh, just kind of keep things rolling. I know Lane wants this one real bad. So this week, what what are some gambling hooks that you're watching in games that are coming up this weekend? Uh, yeah, uh, actually, one of the ones I like is getting played on a on a Tuesday night. Uh, as y'all know, this is pre recorded, so we're doing this on Tuesday. But one of them I did like was on Tuesday night. But uh, some of the other ones I've been looking at. Uh, I'm not sure what the updated line is right now, but it seems to be a real sleepy spot for LSU this week playing Army. Not that Army is in, uh, or that LSU's in any danger of upsetting LSU, but uh, that that line was up in the 30s somewhere, right? And with the running clock and Army running the ball as much as they do, uh, it, it could be difficult with LSU coming off of that win this past weekend to, uh, and it, especially two weekends ago against Missouri, uh, to, to kind of get up and, and cover such a big number. One I do really like is Missouri at home playing South Carolina. Uh, the Gamecocks have really, really struggled uh, stopping anybody here the last couple weeks, and Missouri's playing really good football. Uh, they, they're at home. It was a, either six-and-a-half or seven-point line when I looked at it earlier on Tuesday. So I really like Missouri to, to cover that touchdown spread and, quite frankly, probably a lot more. Um, I don't know how much Missouri you've watched so far this year, Stephen. Luthan Burden is an absolute treat to watch. Mm. I mean, he is so much fun, and that's got to be the easiest offense coordinator job in the country, right? Just drop back and throw it to him every play. I mean, yeah, and they, just play after play after play. Yeah, and, they, and their running back that they got as a transfer from D2 – is serviceable because defenses have to focus so much on lethal burden. All of a sudden, Cody Schrader, he's Mm -hmm. turned out to be a pretty good little ball player for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Missouri's another team that's that's had a really good year, kind of exceeded expectations a little bit. Um, You know, that's going to be interesting when they play Georgia. Georgia kind of seems to put everybody back in their place whenever they start getting a little bit too big of a head, right? So we'll see what happens when 
when that game comes around. But I've been really impressed with Missouri and the way they've been playing. And uh, that's that's probably one of the games I'll end up on this weekend for sure. You know, you, you make the comment about Georgia. And Georgia mm-hmm. is going to have to face Florida, Missouri, and Ole Miss, likely all without Brock Bowers. Yeah. And Ole Miss yeah. is going to get Georgia in between Missouri, which looks to be a legit team, and Tennessee, which is mm-hmm. Georgia's legit road test. Um, it just feels like all of this is setting up. The stars are aligning a little bit, man. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty wild, wouldn't it? Uh, obviously, one of the best offensive players in the entire country, Brock by, uh, Bowers, if he's not available when we roll into Athens. Um, but, you know, with Ole Miss's offense, they – on any given day, they can get rolling to a point where they can beat anybody, no matter who it is. Um, Georgia, obviously, with one of the stouter defenses in the entire country. Uh, I know, it'll be okay. You can say hi to Stephen here in a second. Uh, but once this offense gets rolling, though, I mean, it, it can really take off and it can beat anybody. And then you take away the weapon, uh, like Bowers. You know, that's kind of what got Georgia rolling back uh, a couple weeks ago against uh, – Oh, who was was it South Carolina? They started off struggling with losing halftime or something like that, right? And then they just come up and just fed him and fed him and fed him and uh, ended up making their way back to win that game. Uh, or no, no, Auburn. That's what it was, that Auburn game, Georgia and Auburn, when they came out and fed him in the second half for like 150-something yards or whatever it was. It was nuts. And he's an incredible player. Uh, obviously, I hate it for him. don't like seeing anybody get injured, uh, especially a talent like that who's set up to make so money here in just a few months, but uh, I I got a feeling it's not going to hurt his draft stock too much. So he's going to be fine. He's going to get back, and you know if the rebels end up missing, then that's just one more uh, one more thing in our corner that maybe we can pull off an upset when we travel to Athens here in a few weeks. You know, changing the subject real quick, um, you were at the Jacksonville State exhibition and for fall ball, Ole Miss mm-hmm. kind of kind of put it on the Gamecocks, which is something they yep. actually didn't do during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what were your impressions of that? Yeah, we, we pitched the fire out of the ball, man. Uh, I, I was actually talking to Hitch. I went up there with him and I said, man, how pissed do you think the Jacksonville state coach is right now? Like, he's going to have to go up and talk to Mike Bianco because he packs his team up, travels all the way to Oxford, Mississippi for an exhibition. And the first three pitchers he sees right out of the gate are Xavier Rebus, Grayson Saunier and Mason Nichols. I mean, Mike's just out there just throwing all of his arms at him, right? Two of his top weekend guys plus his best bullpen arm too and uh but they, they ended up playing i think two seven inning games i think the way it ended up breaking down like that so really everybody ended up pitching but i mean we've got so much depth there got to see liam dole pitch uh that's another guy we've had on our show to interview him the transfer from coastal carolina uh he, ball really explodes coming at coming out of his hand uh sony a i was really impressed with him sitting there watching him live i mean i you would think he was throwing 96, 97 miles an hour, but it kept reading consistently 92, 93, but it was such a heavy fastball. It got on you so fast. Um, couldn't believe that that it was reading as low as it was. And he showed that slider that's going to end up making him a good bit of money here in just a couple more years. I mean, it is an absolute wipeout slider. Same arm slot from the fastball. There's no way you can tell the difference in it. So I think he's set up to have a really good year. Um, Revis obviously looked really good. You know what you're going to get out of him. And then we saw the bat, particularly from the transfer side again. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Tracing Hughes ended up hitting a home run. Newcomer Campbell Smithwick, freshman catcher from Oxford, hit a home run. 
Uh, Jackson Ross, the first base transfer from Florida Atlantic, he had a couple big doubles. I mean, he just absolutely scorches the ball. So, uh, and, and Luke Hill had an opposite field double as well. And uh, he was playing shortstop for us. Leje looked really good at second base, made some really good plays, going both to his left and right, showing his range up the middle. So that was obviously really, really fun to see. Uh, Andrew Fisher, uh, I, I was telling Hitch that it, he kind of looks like Colby Bortles a little bit over there on third base. Like I, I didn't realize how big he really was. And you remember back when Colby was playing third base, you saw this big, burly man over there, just like a vacuum sucking up everything that come his way that could just hit absolute nukes. And that's what Andrew Fisher reminds me of after seeing him in person too. I think he's going to have a big year. Going to be a great addition over there on the hot corner four. So uh, just really good to see all these newcomers. We know what we're going to get out of, you know, Will Furness and guys like that that are coming back, Ethan Groff. Um, but seeing this pitching staff and then these newcomers, particularly in the lineup, both defensively and swinging the bat, uh, was was really nice to see. I think we've got some real players, and I think we're going to end up having a pretty good squad this year. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. You know, uh, Trayson Hughes, you talked about that he's in the outfield. You've got Ethan Groff in the outfield. Who who, who was the other corner outfielder? Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm not real sure right now. Judd Udermark's out for all the fall. Uh, that's that was one guy that could particularly be put in there. And uh, John Kramer's another one. That's one that I was excited about all off season because he uh, he's come in and pinch hit over the last couple of years and really put a charge into the ball. Uh, he, he he hits the ball hard. I thought with consistent at bats, he may be one of those guys that could step in and and really provide a spark for us. But Udermark is is obviously one of them. As hard as he hit the ball last year as a freshman, but uh, so we'll wait for him to work his way back and and get back in there and see. I, I think it'll end up being between Udermark and Kramer, though, would be my assumption. One of those okay. two with the other. All right, we're um, after one fall ball exhibition. After seeing that, should Ole Miss fans yeah. just pay attention in the spring? Do what now? Should Ole Miss fans just pay attention in the spring? I mean, are we good? Are we bad? What's going on after one exhibition? What is it? Well, you can start uh, paying attention, Gene. Something like that when we're back in Omaha making our run because it's coming again. Uh, again, I think this is a really, really good club. Uh, if you've listened to me and Hitch on our podcast, talk baseball before. I'm not sure I can pinpoint a deeper pitching staff, not only from a rotation standpoint, but a bullpen standpoint. Um, you know, it's it's kind of tough to think about. You've got Revis and Sonier and JT Quinn all coming back that pitched on the weekend for us last year. And you still got Hunter Elliott, how he bounces back from his surgery. You know, he was a bona fide ace before he went down. I think Liam Dole has the stuff to be a weekend rotation piece too. So, if you get Hunter Elliott back, you've got really five legitimate guys that could push for the SEC weekend starter spots right there. And then in the bullpen, you've got the Mason Nichols. You get Mallets back this week or, or this year after he was out all year too. And then guys like Ketchum, Braden Jones, guys like that really stepped up for us. Mitch Morrell's back again. And, uh, you know, so we, we've got all kinds of guys. Kyler Carmack transferring in from Arkansas State too, just – List goes on and on and on with these pitchers. That's really impressive about this club. Yeah, apparently, um, Mike Bianco decided we're we're going to throw the ball. We're going to pitch this year. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. We're, we're going back to our roots this year. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
your team every day. Thank you, Derek, so much for stopping by and joining us and updating us on fall ball, man. Hi, Stephen. Hello. My name is Bob. Yeah. That's right. Jenny, yeah. say hi. It's, to a, it's a good name. Yeah, that's right. Hi. All right. I appreciate it. All right, it, Derek. Steve. All right, man. We'll see you later, man. Hi. All right. Hi.